broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on Midtown Business Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day again today. I'm pleased to be joined in studio by Kim Young Kim. Hello. How are you doing today? <laughs> and I met him recently at uh, the Business Radio X Mixer that we have every quarter and uh, got a chance to stand around and talk to him a little bit. And, of course, here on the show, what we're all about is helping businesses grow, helping them uh, do team-building things for their internal employees, get to know and, and form relationships with new clients and entertain uh, clients that they've had a good relationship with along the way. And um, that kind of is where I came together with Kim Young Kim and, and got to talking to him. He's got an interesting talent uh, that he is able to bring to the table for businesses and companies that are having events uh, of different kinds, whether they're hosting internal events or, or, or other kind of uh, um, you name the type of uh, you know event that they might be hosting, whether it's outward facing for clients and so forth. Um, but uh, you bring a pretty interesting talent to the mix to be able to bring a measure of humor, a measure of entertainment, and get people drawn in and help them have a good time while they're uh, coming together. So talk about uh, a little bit about your background, and then we'll kind of demonstrate what we're talking about here. Um. So yeah, I uh, I, I like to bring the mirth. I like to call myself the bringer of mirth. So. Um, yeah, I just entertain, uh, at companies, at events, conferences, and, you know, every event can just have a little more fun, I think, you know, so that's, that's what I'm there to do. And, uh, people walk away smiling and happy and, uh, that's what it's all about. And when I've met you, I, you know, we were talking about, uh, each other's background and I said, what do you do? And you said, you do this thing with words. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I do this thing with the words. It's, it's a good hook, isn't it? It's a great hook. I use it all the time. I, I, I followed it up. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm interested. What, what what were you talking about? And yeah. so, give me a give me a rewind. Tell me about kind of your background and and uh, what got you into using this talent that you have. Mm, okay, so uh, background. Um, you know, I just grew up uh, here in Atlanta. Um, uh, great city. It's uh, changed over the years as I've, I've been here. So, um, you know, when I was 17 years old, I wrote my first words on paper. And we're just going to create a little bit of mystery. Sure, sure. So I wrote my first words on paper, and I was like, hey, I enjoy doing this word thing, and this is a whole lot of fun. And so it was just um, from there, you know, you just continue to do it. And at the beginning, you're just pretty terrible at it, and then you uh, you get better, and, and that's what it's all about. And so... Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, progressing as a man with words who uh, likes to share his words with the world. And so at what point did you begin to think, hmm, maybe I can use this talent that I have for, you know, wordsmithing, if you will, mm. to uh, apply it in a, in a business setting and be able to help companies, you know, have a better time when they're having events? Um, well, you know, I have a background in uh, professional speaking, so uh, I, I use, I, I speak to teenagers, or uh, yeah, that's kind of the main uh, audience, so I would always use these, uh, these little tricks that I have um, with them, and just thought to myself, hey, how else could I use it? And actually, honestly, a, f a few years back, about 
about two or three years ago, someone just got in touch with me and was like, hey, you need to go share your stuff with people. And I know someone who wants your services. So uh, that was it. So just went and went and did my my word thing, and <laughs> next thing you know, you know, getting more gigs out there. So what sort of events? And and you, you're welcome to talk about companies if you if you choose. But uh, what sort of events have you found that uh, that you end up uh, collaborating with businesses on? Um, a lot of businesses uh, hire me to do their company events. Um, so, um, just company parties, award ceremonies, uh, that kind of thing. Um, just, uh, sometimes I'll do conferences, um, just wherever they just need a little more entertainment. I mean, there, you know, one of these days I'm going to do a wedding, dang it. And, and <laughs> it's a tough crowd. Yeah. You know what? But it's going to happen and I'm going to go there. I'm going to do my word thing. I'm going to snatch the bouquet out the air. It's just going to be, it's going to be great. So one of these days. So I'm available for weddings. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, tell, tell them what, where your website is so that, that folks can look you up while we're talking. Um, you can uh, look me up on uh, www.bradpittlookalikes.com. I'm in the Korean section, so <laughs> you know, check me out there. Make sure you vote for me while I'm there, uh, while you're there. I can see the resemblance. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Like, you're like an Asian Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, I'm like a Korean Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, a South <laughs> Korean, not a North Korean. South <laughs> Korean Brad Pitt. So anyways... Yeah, go there, or you can go to another website, uh, kimyoungkim.com, that's uh, K-I-M-Y-U-N-G.com slash entertainer, and uh, you can check out some of the things that I got going on there. So, so should we should we break the mystery and lift the veil and, and show people what we're talking about here? We can, or, you know, we can, uh, you can introduce your other guests and save it for the end. You know, it's, uh, it's really up to you. Um, I'm a hard act to follow, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, our other guests in studio are Marshall Childs from Humor Wins, and I was really tickled to uh, get a chance to sit down with you all and, and hear about what you do uh, as well, um, using humor as it relates to team-building type events and uh, engaging with customers that are in the business sector that are um, looking to um, create a sense of engagement and an interaction with their with their clients and with their internal employees. So I appreciate you coming by to talk about uh, what you do with Humor Wins. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, basically we work with executives and add humor to their presentations to make it more engaging. Yeah. Uh, we also do corporate roasts and we do comedy-based team building, which yeah. within a you know, a two-hour period, minimum two-hour period, I can take a group of people, show them these exercises, get the exercises done, and then have them on stage telling three or four jokes that work. Yeah, um, so that's really the main services that we offer. And uh, you brought along somebody with you. Uh, we've actually spoken in the past with a couple of team members from Payscape Mobile here in the studio, so I was really happy to have somebody come back. It turns out it's a small world uh, client of yours. Yes, yeah. This is Jeremy Wings. So hello, Jeremy. Hi guys, <laughs> I'm here uh, for testimonials. He, uh, he he made our our guys very dirty though. I didn't realize just how dirty the humor could be until uh, until they got on stage and Marshall had three so, minutes with him. So I guess what you have to do is you have to know your audience and uh, who's there and uh, be able to kind of play it by that. Knowing your audience is a key key factor to doing humor. But I will say this: sales went up 150 percent after we did his uh, workshop. It's true. So you had your your numbers before, and then the in the weeks after. 150%. Give or take 100, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, see he's really he's really taken to this. So, give me some background on Humor Wins. 
So I am the uh, dude man behind Laughing Skull Lounge at the Vortex in Midtown, and I've been in the comedy business for a long time, uh, 15 years. I've been an entrepreneur for 20. And um, uh, several years ago, I realized, you know, my assets is I know business and I know funny. How do you combine them to make a uh, better career for yourself? And so took a while and I worked it all out and I figured out, you know, people coming to me saying, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And I just kind of started putting these services together and it's uh, it's taken off. It's done really well. You know, I work with Jeremy's company because with Laughing School Lounge, we, you know, almost all our business is credit card processing. Right. So I reached out to them and uh, I went with them because they had the best price and it really did uh, got great reputation, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was hair at the time, but it turns out it was just you price. You got great hair. <laughs> Thank you. He does have good hair. Lots of people, both your guests, two of your guests have great hair. You and I were kind of got the. Uh, <laughs> what is this you and I stuff? I have great hair. Great hair for radio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And um, and so then when the sales rep was talking to me, he's like, so what else are you doing? I go, oh, I got this other company. We do comedy-based team building. And he's like, oh, my company loves to do that type of stuff. And and then we all worked it out, and Jeremy and I hit it off, and it was a uh, it was a great fun event. And so you got to know Payscape because you were in need of some merchant services, some payment processing. That's right. And so then you became a client, and Correct. then a uh, little talk happened, and oh, by the way, we happen to do this. So when we're when, – when Companies are investing in team building type exercises. I mean, what what lend, you can speak to this, Jeremy, as uh, as one of the businesses that was seeking that. I mean, what did was it one of those things that uh, when you found out, oh, I do this team building thing, and and you talked about it, and you thought, well, well, let's give it a try, or were you kind of in a place where you were actually kind of looking for something like that? We're and not only were we looking for it, but we're constantly trying to to take it up to the next level. And and you know, at the end of the day, our corporate culture trumps all. So well, we've got some neat technology and proprietary things like that. Really, if uh, if we don't have a fun place for people to to come work every day, then it, it's it's null and void. So we have uh, we work all the time on on providing a great place to work, and part of that is doing these team building exercises. So we have a lot of different things we do on a regular basis, and we're challenged to kind of every time we raise the bar, um, it gets more and more difficult to hit. So so, so this is one of those that we, uh, you know, and we've got a tough customer. You know, we've got a, you put forty salespeople in a room, and and you've got, you know, it's it's a tough. Well, act there's got to be some measure of internal competition and and that kind of thing. But uh, as it relates to the team building piece from a outside coaching kind of perspective, what are you looking for? Uh, what what sorts of problems do you typically kind of see, or I guess opportunities for improvement within a team when you come in and you're going to engage with a, a client like this? Do you have kind of a mindset? These are the typical places where we see some friction or some opportunities to get people to collaborate more closely. How, kind of how do you how do you approach the team building piece? Well, what we normally do is the initial stage is teaching them how to write some humor, and then we do we get them to write self-deprecating humor. And so what that does is it gets people working together and sharing their information. And then, then they learn more about each other. Then they're laughing about the differences. And at the end, these people are walking away with two or three good self-deprecation jokes that they can keep in their pocket for presentations or meetings or anything like that. A lot so, of new nicknames came out of our, our <laughs> session with him. There was a couple of good nicknames that came out of it. And so as a, as a person who works in humor, um, talk about it. How, how does it help? when I'm in business? Because so many people think of business is very serious. It's, you Well, know. the number one place where it need, is needed most is in presentations, you know, because so many presentations are so dry. And the beautiful part about humor, uh, uh, applying humor to your presentations, is that the bar has been set so low that all you got to do is make it a valiant effort 
and you win. Even if they're not laughing, they're still paying attention because they're like, okay, this guy's trying something different or, you know, maybe the next one will be funny. And, uh, and, and it works. And that's, um, and so there's a big study that came out in the 1977, uh, by Dr. Jim Little that said they did a big years long study as to why humor is working. And it said at the you end studied of the, that, co- that was college when you were studying that. Yeah. 1977 <laughs> it was graduate school. Um, but it said, he basically said at the end of it all, humor increases persuasions effectiveness. So if you're in the business of trying to persuade people, be it presenters or salespeople, then humor will increase its effectiveness. And the reason why it increases effectiveness, uh, effectiveness is because it lowers people's BS radar. Yeah, People have resistance to new information, to new yeah. people. And then when you make them laugh or chuckle or raise their endorphins or smile, that resistance gets diminished. It doesn't get completely gone, but it just it lowers. And then what happens in that replacement is positive image of the person that's pre- presented that humor. So therefore, they like you. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to be doing business with the people they like. That's right. And you mentioned the fact that when you were being introduced that you have the Laughing Skull um, comedy club, but we're not talking comedy. We're talking humor. And there is a distinction. There's a big distinction. And I have this formula that says comedy plus business equals humor. Humor is just restricted comedy. And I have these humor rules I teach people like, you know, uh, don't make fun of any group or um, person. So nobody's getting the butt of the joke. Uh, keep it above the belt. Stay away from sexual preferences. Uh, references. Uh, stay away from religion and politics. Because even if somebody agrees with you, they're going to want to. They're going to be very uncomfortable. Stay away from violent words and violent images. It's one of those little tricks that just you know, if you use uh, something that puts a negative, violent image in their head, then that's what's being replaced, and that's what you're being associated with that brand. So there are certain rules that you do your comedy, and that is acceptable in the business world. I'm a bit of a cut up. I like to make a joke. You know, sometimes, you know, over time, I've I've been one in the in the meeting. I'm I'm popping off a joke or a comment to you know make people laugh. I guess, uh, but not everybody is. How do you take somebody who doesn't necessarily perceive themselves to be humorous mm-hmm. to get them to kind of relax and be able to maybe you know lay out a well, witty comment or two here and there? My my track record has shown that there's probably about. 15% people out there that I'm not going to be able to really be effective with. The people that work well with me and with our group is are people that already use humor and they want to know how to do more of it. You know, there's most people in business understand the power of humor and that it works, but where do I get more of that? How do I how do I do that? And so what I've done is, you know, I've been teaching comedy classes for over 10 years. I've been doing it so long I actually own standupclasses.com. So <laughs> that's how long I've been doing it. So what I've done is I've taken that uh, knowledge of teaching people, knowledge of business, and knowledge of you know being able to present and mix it all together. And I, what I do is I teach people this funny formula that I've basically put together some comedy writing exercises and a step program. And by the time you're done with that, you have you have jokes, you have humor points. You know I teach people how to show how to bring in humorous images to their presentations. That's the Easiest way to get a laugh in your presentation is finding the right image that is a Venn uh, overlay of your key message with the humor. And um, 
Now you're talking I mean, about actually preferences. A, all that he just crushes their boss beforehand and makes fun of them, and then <laughs> so the, so you the, so you got crushed. The gloves were off. All those things he said not to inject into humor, he did to me, and, and, and then everybody laughed and they were off to the races. Yeah, so yeah. they were all on board with what everything you said after that. Right, because typically when I do a, a comedy-based team building, I like to send out questionnaires to the people, uh, some executives and uh, people in the company, and then we will do like a mini roast up front. So you're making jokes about the people in the room, and they're still corporate clean, whatever. You know, I knew Payscape's uh, uh, culture was uh, very liberal, I guess would be a good way to say it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Relaxed? Is that what you're going for? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's what? It's all millennials, right? So, And that's the other factor. You know, all these corporate Americas still trying to figure out how to attract and retain millennials. Quit being based on, you know, stuff, stuffing yes. them in a box, yeah. you know? Yeah. Millennials... There was a study that showed that 58% of the content shared by millennials online is humor-based. 58% of their content shared is humor-based. They want to laugh. They want to have a good time. That's why they still live in their parents' basement until they find the job they want. You know, I'm not going to go do that. They saw their parents work for corporate America their whole life. You know, the economy takes a little bit of a dip, and their, their, their dad's now out of a job. Just for the record, I don't live in my parents' basement. Just for the record. <laughs> I just want to clarify that. They live in your attic. Yeah, well, you know, I have a room there. I'm just, you know, but it's not the basement. I'm, I'm kind of upgraded is what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, tell me about the, the corporate roast. Can, have you ever had a situation where, oh, that's going to be great. We're going to have a roast. And then somebody actually ends up getting aggravated because, you know, they didn't like a joke. Or, or does everybody go into that knowing, all right, you're going to get some fun poke. Well, what you. I always do is I always get the jokes pre-approved. Um, but a couple years ago, you know, so what I do is I write the jokes. Whoever my point of contact is, they approve them all just because you want to make sure you're not crossing yeah. too many lines. Yeah. Well, um, a few years ago, I did a roast for uh, the Atlanta media. They have this gorilla ball once a year. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're in the news media. So it was like I roasted the news, the Channel 2 and, you know, everybody. And they're like, and the whole time they're going, oh my gosh, we're, we're thick skinned. We're the news people. We love it. Take it as hard as you can. We want it. And we even got some, and they're like, we're like, okay. And, and we didn't get jokes pre-approved then. They just said, gloves off, have at it. By the end, there was a lynch mob, you know, as yeah, you know, the joke, I was like, you guys told me to do this. And so then from there on out, Gorilla Ball, they have to pre-approve all <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> and suppose I've run into some people and they're like, yeah, they still talk about that night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you told us to do it. Yeah. So then from there on out, I was like, how could I have fixed that? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get an email saying that my jokes are approved. <laughs> and you got to stay to the script. And you stay to the script. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in your opinion, as a humorist, what, what do you find in terms of value for, for that kind of exercise for a company? Because just, just like the example that we just mentioned, we all know that a roast is in good fun. We all know that... Uh, they're going to pick on our weak spots. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. we all have them. We all have a word or two or a funny tick or something that people can make fun of um, that could potentially touch on my, you know, insecurities, if you will. Um, and and so what's the value of having a laugh at people's expense like that? I guess more often than not, it's corporate executives that are uh, that are getting roasted. So is it just to show, to kind of make them on level with everybody else and it humanizes people like them. you? It yeah. humanizes them and allow what, what, when leaders, there have been plenty of studies that show that when leaders use self-deprecation, it, 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 it makes the better connection with their followers. They feel a bit more like, okay, they're one of us. They're human. It humanizes you. And what it, it, self-deprecation lets people feel included. 
You know what I mean? When you make fun of yourself. I'm silly sometimes too, or I make a mistake, or I make a fumble, or I you right. know, do this or that, whatever it may be. Whatever your jokes are that you can make fun of yourself, it, it lowers that resistance. It lowers a little bit of the agitation between people. And, you know, Forbes has, you know, most of my research comes from Forbes that has done tons of articles on the power of humor in the business and, and executives. And so, yeah, when you use self-deprecation, that helps bond between leaders and followers. And that's how you win their heart. And so the companies that are doing a roast, for example, or using that side of your service, uh, are they doing that? How are they setting up the event? I mean, is that is the event basically built around that, or are they kind of doing that as part of another kind well, of a conference or an internal kind of corporate kind of event that's inward-facing? How, do, how does this typically happen? They both do it. Sometimes uh, if it's a full-on corporate event roast, it's all about the roast. So not only will I be the roast master and write jokes about myself, but we can have a team of executives that we write jokes for. So I've had, I've had corporate roasts where I've had seven executives that we wrote jokes for and they all get to get on stage and take, and take turns. So use as an example for us, like for our holiday party this year, last year we did an eighties theme, rollerblading, roller skating. It was wild. Everyone had neon day glow stuff on. So trying to mix it up again this year, we're going to go a little bit more formal. We're going to have a roast and we've got your typical company award ceremony, boring, but we try to add some spice to it. So this year the award ceremony will be a roast essentially. So he can, he's going to have to come up with some new material. He can't say that he looks like Flea again, all that stuff. But he is, uh, he's going to do our, he's going to, he, he will essentially run and be the MC of our holiday party. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, then we also have mini roasts, which was basically, I had a, um, I did a couple of sales kickoff meetings this year where they brought me in to be, do 30 minutes and making fun of the leaders of the sales team and some of the salespeople that had some funny stories about them. So yeah, it's, it's, both gamuts. So you can bring me in to say, hey, let's kick off the event and have a nice little fun time during it, making fun of ourselves and laughing at everybody, or the whole event can be based on that. And this past year, there was one event where they hired, they brought me in they, as if I was the new COO. So I played a character as the new COO. Oh, that'd be funny. And I, they bought it hook, line, and sinker for like 10 minutes. I ended up coming up with this point system where they couldn't go out in the warehouse unless they'd have accumulated enough points. <laughs> and I just came up with this crazy system. And then they started asking, well, can we trade the points? <laughs> and then, and so I got it to that point. One of, the, one of the things about humor is you build tension. And the more tension you build in the, that relief valve, it's a big relief. And so I got to that tension so much that everybody in the room was just still, just staring at me, just like not moving a muscle. I can only imagine. And then when I let the cat out of the bag, everybody lost it. And then I just started roasting people in, in the room and making jokes about people. And then afterwards, they, you know, they said it was the best sales kickoff meeting they've ever had. And, you know, it was just a lot of fun. And what does the typical company look like? I mean, is it big, small? Where do you find that, uh, you know, your service fits in and, and really has some good traction? Um, the size of the company, I mean, well, Jeremy's company is a couple hundred people. Um, these other companies, it's typically 100 to 500 employees is what I've passed clients, although I'm, you know, I've talked with people. And I would venture to say the bigger ones need you more than the smaller ones in a lot of cases. Just because as you get more corporate, everything gets a little bit more strict, a little more stringent right. with the rules and all of that. and yeah. The whole empire building and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff that can happen. I had a, um, I had a big company, not going to say the name, but we were talking and everybody was excited about it. And then it got up the chain and somebody said, oh, no, what if somebody gets offended? And it was like... We have that protection. We have a barrier in there, but they're just so scared of it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's why you have such a high turnover. Maybe that's why you guys called us initially. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, and uh, so, yeah, it's it, – but I, I really feel like the millennial – I have a term in my I've coined in my head called the millennial business model. 
And I really feel like that's going to change. That's changing business. You know, our businesses are based on the military. You know, they have silos and they look at competition and it's hierarchy. And millennial business model is not like that at all. It's get rid of the silos, you know, managers underneath supporting and have fun. And so I'm really excited by the year 2025 that 70% of the workplace is going to be millennials because more than likely it'll be a lot more fun place to work. It's kind of like it's... I think that that's one of the reasons why this group of people, as they come up, that the work spots are, are becoming popular where you can have your company there and it's kind of an open space and it's free form. It's not so cubicles and all of that, that kind of thing. So a little bit less structured and maybe a little bit more, like you say, kind of leaning towards that kind of let's have some fun while we're here making money. Yeah, I think Payscape, you know, Jeremy's built an amazing culture at Payscape uh, Advisors because they've... I've heard about Payscapes, but that's how I heard about them was I was going down this road and people kept bringing up like, oh, Payscape would love you guys. Payscape. And I was like, what do they do? And they're like credit card processing. I'm like, oh, I need to go check with them out for pricing. And so Jeremy's done a great job. I mean, uh, building a fun culture and it's paid off, right? You, you got to be very conscious about it. But we do do things, you know, like you said, that open environment. So our office has, it's it's a big, we have a called the sales bar. So it's a giant, long bar looking you know desk. Really, at the end of the day, it saves us a bunch of money because we don't have to have the uh, square footage for cubes and things like that, which are a nightmare anyhow. Mm-hmm. People love plugging into it. They come in, they come out. Like it, it is a, we've got an urban garden in the background, in the backyard. It's, you know, we're in a very, what I call transitional area of town between uh, Piedmont and Cheshire Bridge, which we, we like. There's okay. a lot of yeah. a lot of interesting culture over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all those, all those things add up and we do them consciously though. You know, it doesn't happen easy and yeah. easily, particularly as you, you know, you want to become big, but you want to stay small. So doing things like Marshall's workshops and staying engaged with people like him and doing things uh, on a regular basis keep us from hopefully keep us from becoming that big bureaucratic you know clog yeah and and i was thinking about you know just your business in general and i would think that taking approaches like this where you're finding some humor and 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 injecting that into your processes and and getting your people able to laugh with each other laugh at themselves and then as we talked about when they're talking to a client um there's a few people in the merchant services space. There's some choices out there. Very competitive. Um, you and get your teeth kicked in all day. It's a very yeah. cold world out there. And just like yeah. he said straight off uh, when he talked about it, it was, it was about price. So I, I would imagine that that really puts a premium on having some people who aren't automatons uh, who can really engage somebody so that maybe you know the pennies or increments of pennies or whatever the case may be on a transaction are certainly going to be important, but maybe a little bit less so. Right, right. Over yeah. some other options. I, I'm like, I think I'm like most business people where I'll pay a little bit more if I like the person I'm dealing with. And I know that there's good service there too. You know, it's so yeah, that, that's a key factor as well. Well, Jeremy, we've been talking with Jeremy Wing of Payscape Advisors, a merchant services company, payment processing, and uh, of course, Marshall financial Childs. Tech, financial technology. Yes. <laughs> FinTech. FinTech, financial technology, and Marshall Childs, founder and dude man uh, with the Laughing School Lounge and, of course, Humor Wins, uh, the consulting company that helps team building events and do corporate roasts and so forth, uh, adding humor into the presentation. You want to talk a little bit about uh, Payscape and what all you do? Because from what I understand, when I had met with your folks back in December when they had come on, um, there were some, you know, they were working on some different things in the, in the company. Are those things you want to talk about? It seemed like there was some some kind of a healthcare play of some kind and different things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to talk about myself. Well, of course. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> um, so we are uh, Payscape Advisors. Again, we are a fintech company. We did, you know, primarily start out the business 10 years ago as a, as a payment processing a merchant acquirer. So in, in every sense of the word, we're just out there acquiring new business, talking about as a, you know, a 
commodity, things like that. But over the years, uh, we've morphed, and as you've seen the, the business become more and more commoditized, we've had to become more and more solution-oriented. So we've acquired some of our own SaaS-based technologies that, that are unique to certain verticals, such as like online registration systems. Such uh, We do sports camps, everyone from, from yeah, Lovett School right. yeah, to, yeah. to University of Georgia sports camps, and, and that also gives us an end to, to provide a lot of different services to those universities or schools, so getting into the bookstores, things like that. Uh, we're building some of our own proprietary technology. We've got gateways that we integrate with other people's proprietary technology. So you're really becoming less and less of that. You know, the, the penny or the dime doesn't matter as much as much as this solution does. Uh, so you know, when we started the business ten years ago, I never thought that I would have hired. A, we just hired a, a new CTO last week, and he's a, he's just a, a badass. I think I can say that on the air. Yeah, you can um, say it here, yes. Absolutely. And so he will completely reinvent our company over the next ten years, and we'll come. You know, we'll become a, a really interesting um, um, technology company versus like you, you've kind of referenced, you know, just a merchant service company. But we've got a phenomenal uh, sales engine that's associated with it, marketing team that's associated with that. So when we control the whole ecosystem, be it the technology, the sales engine, and the payment processing, you, you've got something special there. Uh, and so we, we've got uh, a team of people. Most of them have not come from a- anywhere within the, the payments industry. Most of them come from outside the industry. Most of them are relatively new to, to business. We have a great internship program that we start people out uh, right out of school or while they're in school still. We've hired many of those interns. Um, and, and we've just got a great bench and, and team of talent. And so we work hard, play hard, and we, we do things like this to, to make a difference. And you can go, you can spend your time, you know, you're spending more time in an office than you are anywhere else or working, not necessarily in an office. Um, it's one of the things we say, it's not a nine to five job. You don't, you know, we don't expect you to be here, you know, when the, when the, you're not checking in, and there's not a whistle that blows at the end of the day. Just get your job done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do a lot of a lot of things, um, you know, outside of work. And we don't. I think I, I would venture to say I don't know when I'm working necessarily. It's just a big blurred line. You know, this is this type of thing is is fun, but it's it's probably it's probably working. It's probably some people consider this working. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that's that's kind of how it is for me as well. When I'm here on the radio, it's technically working, but it's it's clearly a lot of fun. And you, few people have a bad time here. Every once in a while, somebody gets vapor locked because they're nervous, but otherwise, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, we've we've uh, we were based in Atlanta. We've got twelve offices around the southeast. Um, we're looking to expand uh, into our furthest north office is Cleveland, and uh, west is Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas. We go into markets because of people, um, and we really dominate the market as a as a local business. So for all intents and purposes, somebody in Cleveland thinks that Payscape is based in Cleveland. Um, so we uh, we've got an interesting hub and spoke mentality that gives a lot of autonomy to those local managers and that local team. Um, they do their own things in those markets. We sponsor them. We we help uh, we help give a roadmap things like humor wins if we could do that on a you know if we can scale the business and much like the things you're trying to do with, with your business here scaling is, is one of the more difficult things so, yeah. um, as we try to scale the business um, doing things in those local markets making sure that they still have that that corporate culture feel but they have their own flavor also is is a there's an art to that as well yeah. and with your company I mean we talked about the fact that you're more than payment processing and your know, pure merchant services are there a set of things when you engage with a prospective client um, there, are there a set of questions or certain things that you would like to know about their business that uh, because I mean when we're talking business to business solutions we're either going to save you money we're going to make you more profitable by making you more efficient we're going to either maybe automate some things or or do some things more effectively to make you generate more revenue some the solution is going to do something along those lines so do you when you come to a prospective client I mean, what, what do you want to know from them 
all those things. You gotta, you've got to find their pain points. You know, what is going to make their life easier? Are you, is it you getting paid slowly? So we have an online invoicing system. We can help you get paid faster. Uh, do you think you're getting paid too much for your? Everybody thinks they're paying too much for their merchant services, no matter what. Uh, I've seen people that are literally getting their merchant service for free, and they still think that they're getting, you know, they're, they're getting taken advantage of. Um, and so there's there's a lot of you know, it's it's really consultative, and it's also the way that we approach it is through a lot of through our referral partners. So we work very closely with community banks, you know, state bank, Atlantic Capital, all these guys that are local guys here are partners of ours we assign a team to that to that financial institution and we partner up with our bankers and so you know a lot of times when your banker tells you to do something you do it generally um, and so that's one of our bigger distribution channels um, this integration that, that I'd mentioned before through software providers that are gateways in there those got those are, are big uh, that's a big sales channel for us as well um, so you really it's 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 one of those that you've got to you've got to sit down and spend some time with them and it's our, our the way our compensation plan works also is unique for the industry, and I think it's also where uh, it's a sign of the times too, where you are you're going to build your own business within the business. Um, so these guys that are, that that all work for us, including myself, I mean, this is we, we're in control of our own destiny. The most, uh, you know, if we if we're get up and we're working enough before anyone and we're working later than anybody, we're going to be more successful. We're going to have a bigger book of business. We're going to be, if, if I, simple things that are crazy. I just don't understand what people, not returning phone calls, you know, taking, you know, you know, weeks to return emails, which I'm getting, I'm getting bad at, but I'm trying to get better at. <laughs> but those types of things, if you just, if you do that, you can, you can have a great, great career and you can have a, a great book of business and be financially happy and all those things. If you just do the, the basic little things that a lot of people have forgotten about, you know, people don't pick up the phone anymore to call people. It's all, texting and so that we, we we teach our club we've got a sales trainer that's phenomenal he talks about the psychology of sales but he also talks and, and products and product knowledge and things but but a lot of it's the basics that we teach about you know how to how to be responsive and how to return a phone call how to thread the needle in a relationship how to be attentive and all the all this stuff you know co- we're, we're, we're coddlers a lot of people <laughs> take advantage of the coddling too so yeah well that's a good thing though yeah. and it for the for the side where you were doing your um, your registration piece, do you have folks that are kind of dedicated to introducing that to? Because I mean, who who knows how many groups are out there that have camps that are going on and the universities that you inter- interface mm-hmm. with? Do you have somebody kind of dedicated on that side of things to let people know? Because I'm sure some word of mouth happens, but uh, mm-hmm. that's a service that you provide that's pretty cool. Yeah, we've got, um, so we, when we talk about our specific products, we have in-house sales teams that get cross-pollinated with our outside sales teams. Um, so the guys inside are, are really product experts. Um, we have product managers over that team. Um, they can do demos and they can refine the product. They can customize it if necessary. We've got developers that layer into that team also. So those guys are all part of a, a big cohesive team. Um, but a lot of, you know, when you talk about these niches that we're in, a lot of it is viral. Um, you know, a lot of the, the things that, you know, you do, if you're good enough for, for Nick Saban's football camp, which we do Nick Saban's football camp, nice. and you're probably good for a lot of other people's football camps too. Yeah. So, and that, <laughs> that, that kind of, that kind of, we, we make sure we leverage that too, but at the same time, it is, uh, it's, it's important to, to keep that, uh, to make sure that's on your website as much as possible until Nick tells you to take his face off your website. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I may have, I may have imagined it, but I, I could have sworn that when I spoke with Zach last time, he'd mentioned that there was some work you're doing into the healthcare arena. Is that right? Uh, well, we, we integrate. There's a couple of local companies here that are, that are friends of ours, uh, Patient Pay, Patient Care. There's a couple different um Kind of medical oriented. They they're one of them's kind of a it'll it'll consolidate all your hospital bills basically, and it's uh, we're the gateway within that system. So now that's a patient facing piece, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've got the side that we've got both sides of the equation in a lot of cases, but we're not real specific in medical. We do a lot of a lot of partners are, that we have are um, we're getting more and more in the government space. We're doing a lot of municipalities, a lot of ticketing, a lot of those types of things. Um, so, so that if I 
am speeding in my Ford Focus ST that I just got. Woo! Um, that uh, that I get uh, I get a ticket, then I can pay through your platform. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's integrated. You would know it's our platform, right? Right. It's integrated. But I mean, you know, it's, you're going to the, that's yeah. the piece that I'm going in and and begrudgingly signing over the 150 or whatever. And, and then is. you're paying the five dollar convenience fee at the end, and you're even you know more frustrated and and. <laughs> And that's that's us <laughs> at the back, just like you know, whittling our. You Ooh, know, five dollars! Yeah. I, I I I I got one of those tickets actually parking on the the metered parking. I forgot to go out and and do that, and I was going to go online and and I thought that was an interesting strategy because the, the there was you you mentioned the five dollar convenience fee and there and the, and I was going online. I was going to pay, and then I ended up sending a check because I I was turned away by the five dollar convenience fee. I'm like, man, you're, you're, it's like uh, you're it's the, like a twenty five percent. You're the exception, not the norm. Really? Yes. <laughs> a lot of people, I mean, that, that's one of those things, you know, it's, it, once you've gone through that whole process and you just want to get, it's insult to injury to some degree, but you want to yeah. get it over with. But there's some neat companies. There's another one called Park Mobile here in town. Um, they do some interesting, really cool stuff. And that would be Sharice, uh, the CEO there. She'd be worth having on and learning about their business too. Do they partner with you? Yeah, they do. Well, yeah. then bring them on. Come on. Yep. Come on. There you go. Did we did we get everything uh, covered with you? Do you want to roast him a little bit? Oh, geez. I wish I'd have thought of some of Jeremy's jokes. Uh, don't have any off the top of my head. Now we're friends, so I kind of like, we razz each other, but I mean, it's kind of like I don't have anything off the top he, of my we, head. We haven't signed the contract for the uh, for the holiday party roast ah, yet. So yes, that's right. Yeah. There's still stuff in the pipeline. Let's be nice. <laughs> Kim Young, what about you, man? Are we going to are we gonna bump your... Uh, your thing here? Bump my words. Bump your words. Bump you're gonna, the words, you're, you're yeah. Gonna, you're going to wordsmith for us here? I'm going to wordsmith. How much time do we have, by the way? Oh, we've got lots of time, man. we got internet. 20 minutes. If you can fill that up, then... Uh, then 20 minutes. you got it going on. Goodness. Oh, I can I can do the 20 minutes. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like too much of a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like Winnie the Pooh and all that honey. you got to slow down on the honey, buddy, at some point, right? <laughs> or otherwise, you're walking around with your belly hanging out like Winnie. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that. Anyways. Uh, let me cue this up here. <clears throat> okay, so this, this is what we're going to do. Um, can, just pause it for one second, if you don't mind. I'm sorry. Start over. This is how I, I create tension in the minds of our audience by making them stop no, and start over yeah 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 yeah. because they're just like <laughs> what is about to happen uh, that is a great tune but i'm i'm we're lost. breaking down this is the first time that we've played stairway to heaven on midtown business oh, radio it better not be the last because hey that's a great tune so um <clears throat> i do this thing with words so what i need you gentlemen to do um is you're gonna throw me some words uh just random words, and I'm going to incorporate those words I'll, into I'll what start. I'm doing. Since we met at the Business Radio X Mixer, we can start with Mixer. Mixer. Okay, cool. So um, I also do comedy, so uh, I, we forgot to mention that earlier. Um, anything that's comedy-related, uh, you know, payment processing-related, um, just whatever you all feel like. I mean, I'm not going to create any parameters on this because uh, – as long as I know, and so you just want a bunch of words thrown at you? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll you know, you'll just throw them intermittently, and then well, I'll just start. I'll, we can start with mixer. Uh, and, we'll start with mixer, and, and then, then we're just can, gonna roll. Then they can pepper yeah, you. So, so, so I'll, 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 with, with I'll, all that, yeah. I'll drop your, I'll drop your music here. Yes. Here come the words. That's right. Mixer. What kind of mixer are we talking about, sir? The Business Radio X mixer. The Business Radio X mixer. All right. 
to sing. Yo, check it, I'm off the top, spitting freestyles that are constantly hot. And I got an elixir, I got it from the mixer. Chill with CW, last name Hall. Yo, I spit it off the top and I'm coming from the jaw. That's how I sue, do this rap thing. And I'm constantly full, good at laughing school, the laughing skull. And I come through, run through, it's a midtown. And that's where I get down, spit a freestyle. And yo, I just complex people's minds. And that's how I do it. Rhyme off the top and I come with something fluid and I need another word dongle. so you don't understand it. I dongle. I come through on the microphone. I'm like your uncle when I'm kicking rhymes, spitting freestyles. I think it's a dongleer. I heard that in Napoleon Dynamite. I'm rhyming tight, spitting freestyles. And I need another word. And that's how I do when I come up absurd. Heckler. You don't understand. <laughs> I'm a respecter. Opposite of heckler. So basically what I'm doing is not laughing at you. I come through with my crew and we often laughed and yo, I'm spitting freestyles and I know in this class and I'm spitting these rhymes and I need another samurai Yo, you don't understand man I'm so fly call me Tom Cruise the last samurai but I look more Asian cooking something amazing spitting freestyles and see where I'm taking it straight to the top and I'm come through rhyme and see me on the microphone with a bunch of diamonds Brad that I'm Pitt. dropping yo boy get sick I'm a look alike of that dude Brad Pitt got an Angel and Jolie right beside me and you could just find me up in Hollywood orange. in every neighborhood yo I'm not boring I come through with an orange Crimson and yo, Tide I'm just storing a bunch of freaking rhymes roll with Crimson Tide purified Nick water Saban. yo I'm come through amazing yo I'm like your daughter like a purified water then I come through yo and you don't understand it's Really quite amazing with my man Black Nick Barry. Saban. Yo, I'm not scary. I got a freaking Blackberry that is outdated. You should have put that back in 2007 when I'm coming with my Tender. reverend. Spitting freestyle. And yo, I'm a bender. Come through right here. Swipe right on Tender. And that's what I say. Oh, you meant T-E-N-D-R. And you don't understand. I'm a star. And I'm making flows on the radio. And I'm on air like Conair. Yo, I just go off the top with the rhymes. And that's how I go. And that's what I say with a freestyle flow done. Yeah. That's my man, Kim Young Kim. And that's just, when he busted into that at the mixer, I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Nicely done. Yeah. That's, that's the thing with words so I, I like to do. Huh? How did you get hired by businesses to do that? Did somebody see you do this party trick and then like, oh, that'd be, that'd be a good way to open our... Yeah, um, you know, I, I've... I'll go ahead and uh, let a cat out of a bag. My first gig may or may not have been at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> I'm not sure. It was a long time ago. My memory is kind of blurry from that. But anyhow, when at that... When you say gig, you took the mic out of the uh, dad's hand and just started rapping. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I just started bagging <laughs> on him. Escort, escorted out. Back in yeah. South Korea doing a bar mitzvah. Oh, absolutely, man. That's where the, that's the best bar mitzvahs <laughs> happen in South the, Korea, baby. It's the hub. Oh, yeah. That's where it is. So, um... Yeah, I did my thing. I I did. I started rapping and and doing comedy, and you know, people saw what I did, and they're like, "You need to go out and do that more." And and there are places that just need your energy and need your humor and all the things that you're bringing. So, I, you know, I just started uh, getting out there, networking, and and getting hired. So, yeah, just uh, you know, I mean, a, a lot of company events and and things could be a lot more fun. And clearly so. there's going to be some referral business. Someone's going to say, hey, man, you got you got to have this guy at your next event. Uh, and, and obviously that's going to make it work. But when you call me and you say, hey, C-Dub, I've got this thing I do. How, how do you explain to me, 
you know, in that first discussion to to move your business forward, how does that happen? I'm curious. Oh, like uh, like I don't know you, and I'm calling yeah, we you just, out of the yeah, blue. Yeah, just like we did at the mixer, we, we sure. just met, and and you're interested in potentially providing your services to my company. Right. Yeah. I call and I just start busting some rhymes <laughs> okay. right on like on the phone. <laughs> it's like, hey, how are you? And then I just start rhyming about their business and roasting them and all types of things are happening and people are just like what is going on here is this a prank call i'm like no this is my business hire me and so uh yeah i just you know i think i if i were to call someone random obviously i wouldn't do that that is this a ransom call what do you want (laughs) from me (laughs) what's going on here? that would be terrible brad pitt is rhyming to me on on my phone it's crazy it's crazy but uh yeah i mean i i think i'm best in person so i i would prefer to, to show up to your, to your house and do that instead, instead of over the phone, you know, just dropping in sometime around midnight, you know, and, you know, so uh, I, I do a lot of my business, just a lot of networking. Um, that's how I met you. That's how I meet most of the people that hire me. Um, just going to the places where people can hire me are at and then just, you know, performing, doing my thing. And there you go. Well, it's, it was a, it was a lot of fun getting to meet you, and I'm certainly happy to have you here, uh, particularly with the topic of the day, uh, including some humor in our in our in our work. And uh, I can certainly see. I know for me personally, that'd be something that would draw me in and, and make me a lot more happy because I've been in some places that were really no fun, and they didn't really appreciate any kind of humor. Yeah, no, numerous studies show that like salary is third on the list, you know, for a lot of people when it comes to job requirements. So it's Top two are, you know, uh, autonomy and enjoying where I work. Yeah, um, I know somebody who they, they were, you know, they just turned in their notice to their job, but they didn't have a job yet. <laughs> I mean, that, that was their situation. I mean, that, that, that just goes to show you how your, your, your income, as you mentioned, uh, is, is down the, the rung a little bit as far as what would keep you from See, making I want to know. I want to hear that quit story. Like that sounds like he went in there, guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, this Jerry is my this, style. Is, this is my notice. It was more or less. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll find something. I guess, but it's better than this. Can Marshall rap before us before done? He's a really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bust out some rapping. Uh, sure. Um, I'm sitting here at a show watching you go on the radio, on air. I don't care because this guy's over here. He's got Justin Bieber hair. Just Vixen. To my, just to my right is another guy with Elvis hair, although he's dressed like he's trying to sell insurance to a teddy bear. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't tell me there's going to be competition. Okay, right, well, hold a, on. We're, let's time go. It's, we're throwing down time here. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess we got yeah. enough time for a battle, right? I am all up yeah, about the rap right. battle. I'm undefeated in my just house. Just don't drop the mics, please. Awesome, yeah. You know, we, we can we can kind of tap it like we dropped it, but don't okay. drop the mics on the for floor. Sure, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was a pleasant surprise. I like that. That's yeah. yeah. I do. I do rap battles with my kids all the time. That's I just awesome. mess with them. So like, uh, yeah. I can break dance too. I don't have that kind of talent. So now at the Laughing School, do you do comedy? Because I've been to the to the club a few times, but I haven't ever seen you on stage. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I do stand up. I haven't done it in a while because I've been so busy. But it's one of those things where I'm ready to get back into it more because I kind of go through this walk, you know, absor- I'm like a sponge, I absorb a lot, and then I have to wring it out sometimes. So I'm at a point now where I feel like I have to get on stage and kind of talk about some stuff to process it. And I'm curious about that, and, and I don't want to digress too 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 greatly, but uh, I watched the several years ago the Jerry Seinfeld kind of documentary, if you will, that comedian. showed the backstage side of, uh, yeah, the comedian, um, that showed the backstage side of, 
the process of being a comedian and how challenging and how just kind of emotionally challenging it is and stressful for them as they try to craft their uh, their show and and the the insecurity of is it funny and and not having somebody laugh at something that you were sure was going to be a win i can't imagine what it's like to put together a full hour of a of a show uh, how hard that must be particularly to have one that have people laughing the whole time yeah it's the hardest art form there is you're by yourself with the microphone and you know i've said it a thousand times nobody's on stage cuz i had a happy childhood you know, this is, yeah, that's so, true. you know, yeah, there's a lot that. of, there's a lot of, um, you know, people with mental issues and working on baggage. And, you know, one of my, when I watched that show, the movie comedian towards the end, very end, they're talking to Jerry says, you know, a lot of people say, why are you even doing this to yourself? Cause most people don't know this, but after Seinfeld ended, he threw away all his material and started from scratch. He had to come up with a new five minutes, then a new seven, a new 10. And he ate it a lot. He was, you know, and, um, people said, he goes, people ask me why I'm doing this. Uh, I've got more money than I know what to do with. I don't ever have to work again. But, you know, when you're a real comedian, you don't have a choice. You got to hear somebody laugh at what you, you say. You got to get on stage and you got to kind of, you got to, you have to be on stage sharing your jokes. And, you know, and it's, it is, it's a tough world. Like, I, you know, I made a conscious decision early in my career because I started as a road comic and I was doing stuff. I did tours in the UK. I've done a tour of South Africa and everything was looking good. But then I realized, you know what, I don't want to be on the road. You know, at the time I was starting to feel like I'm ready to get married and have kids. I had met my wife at the time. And um, really, in order to be good at stand-up comedy, you have to live on the road for five to ten years. Five if you're one of the best ones. You know, It takes a long time. These guys, I, I have a very difficult time ever wearing the label comedian because I never did what I have known people I have see. to do. So to you don't feel like you've put in the mileage just I haven't yet. Put, I haven't walked in those shoes, really. I mean, I, I was a, got into the business side of it and learned how to make money in Atlanta, and I can get on stage anytime I want and sleep in my own bed. But living on the road, I know friends that lived out of cars. I mean, I know people that are homeless because they just go from gig to gig to gig, and that's what it takes. I mean, it's... And you can't practice it. It's not like a band where you can sit in a garage and get it all down. You've got to be in front of people. When I first started out, I would look for... There was such scarce stage time in Atlanta. I would go and do uh, karaoke's. I would sign up at karaoke <laughs> because they, people have been singing something really badly. And then you step up, say, hey, thanks for being this here. Is, this is what I saw. I saw a stage, a microphone and an audience. And I just had to put my name on a piece. of And so they, under song, I'd write stand up comedy. And they're like, are you serious? And I'd be like, yeah. So I'd get like three to five minutes. and just. So it was anything you have to anything to get in, uh, practicing is that, key. And that brings up a good point that you should address the uh, Atlanta comedy scene and the festival that you put on and everything that's pretty cool yeah so the Atlanta comedy uh, scene is extremely strong it's one of the strongest in the country these days I've got an article from New York Times that's about four months old that says that Atlanta is a number three comedy market in the country and you know if you go into the Laughing Skull Lounge you see all kinds of articles that I've had um, framed and all of them when they talk about the Atlanta comedy scene they point to Laughing Skull Lounge because it was the first comedy club in the city of Atlanta, inside the city of Atlanta, that really kind of uh, geared towards the locals. And I, I, I invited all the comedians in at the early stages, and I said, I might own this playground, but it's our playground. And so we built an amazing scene. Laughing Skull Lounge deserves a lot of the credit for that. There's a comedy show on Monday nights at Star Bar, which is one of the best comedy shows in the city. Uh, it's fantastic. It's free. I'd highly recommend going to Star Bar on Monday nights. Then you got the improv that's moved into town that's doing a great job. Yeah. You know, so the scene itself now, I mean, you can literally get on stage three shows a night almost every night in the city. 
if you're a comedian who's wanting to if you're hone working. your craft. Yeah. 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 And the reps and, and on it, you know, I didn't know you were from Laughing Skull, but I've performed at the Skull a couple of times, and I really do enjoy performing there, and it's a great place. And, I mean, it's just even the open mic nights are fantastic. So, uh, And they're not paying me to say this. Um, mm-hmm. They're actually yeah, paying me not to These two guys just say, met. Yeah, actually. no, no, no. It, the, the Skull is a great place. It's right in the vortex. I mean, it's, it's just it's fantastic. They have their own so. beer. Yeah. Kind of, I think. Yeah, we yeah. have our own Laughing Skull beer. It's uh, made by Red Brick, which is uh, a lot of people love yeah. Laughing Skull like, beer. and like Red Brick. So, yeah, it's been an interesting. Atlanta's comedy scene is up there, and, you know, there's um, the the Atlanta, the, the art in Atlanta, comedy's big, music's big, punk rock is huge. Did you know that Atlanta is one of the top cities in the country for poets? This is I like the New York that. for poets. Mm-hmm. Wow. People move here from around the country because of poetry scene so strong. Outside of Broadway, the top two cities for Broadway plays is Philadelphia and Atlanta. The art scene in I Atlanta. I no idea. And the theatrical scenes in Atlanta Wait, is You've been throwing out a lot of stats. I'm going to check some of these things. <laughs> yeah, <he's> like, <laughs> is he running for office? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just Google it. That's what I said. Yeah. You can always verify. That's the dangerous part about talking a lot of smack. People could Google stuff so, right in the conversation. So as somebody who's been in the craft for a while, what do you think, in your opinion, that, that makes somebody connect with an audience and gets them relaxed and laughing versus not? Because, I mean, every once in a while you'll see somebody that just... It's the energy you bring to the stage. I'm a big, big believer in energy. And, you know, like when I teach my comedy classes, I tell them when graduations on a Saturday at 5 o'clock and we rehearse and at 4 o'clock, I tell them, stop thinking about your material. If you don't know it now, you don't know it. At this point, start getting calm on the inside. Because if you see somebody on stage that's nervous, you're nervous. If you see somebody on stage that's confident, you feel more comfortable. So it really has to do with what energy you bring to the stage you can have the best materials in the world but if you can't be in the moment it's not going to deliver well so I'm a, i teach people it's not about the material it's about the moment the material helps create the moment but it's ultimately about the moment and uh so yeah it's the energy that you bring to the stage and how confident you are in your own person you know if you're going to be on stage you're basically have no clothes on you're showing people who you are Mm-hmm. You better like who you are. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I'm sure many of those folks are still on the journey uh, to get to that place. I mean, I, 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 the times that I've had, where in, in nine times out of ten, when I go to a comedy club, I'm I'm going to be laughing about every time. But uh, th- there's been a handful of times where somebody wasn't able, and I, I think for me as a as an audience member, it was just. I don't know. They just seemed like they were angry underneath. You know what I'm saying? That I mean, it, you yeah. and I find it interest, interesting. And 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 when I think about it, it makes sense that uh, people work through the issues on stage. You know, that that few comedians, if any, uh, came from a real joyful <laughs> or right. easy childhood, and so they were working through those issues. And obviously, many of us have had situations when we were younger or whatever that we worked through. So I guess that kind of bonds us together when you can poke fun at it because somebody can relate to it. But I think that's what it was. It just seemed like maybe he hadn't fully worked through uh, his, his issues his, yet. His information that he's sharing on the radio? Yeah. Like the uh, top 10 cities for Broadway? According to USA Today, New York, New York City, <laughs> Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Boston. Oh, Atlanta's right there. <laughs> it's written well, someplace. He read that this is USA Today. That's your liberal that. media for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what Except Fox he doesn't even say. have a phone in his hand. He's just sitting here <laughs> holding his ha- right hand up saying, look here. Yeah. Y'all can't see it because we're on radio. See, it sounds iPod. like Jeremy just totally smashed him, but uh, he had an empty hand. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to start Googling my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, tell everybody again where they can find you. Uh, I can't. I, I knew that today's show was going to go by fast, but uh, it always amazes me when we get down to the end of an hour. So just make sure that uh, let everybody know your website again. Uh, so Marshall. for the corporate services, it's humorwins.com, W-I-N-S, humorwins.com. It's for corporate roast, comedy-based team building, executive humor coaching, and presentation punch-up. And your, in your team building and those types of events, I mean, how long of an engagement do they you know typically last I like at least a minimum of two hours but I mean a two to three hour block we can really do a lot of lot of fun great and, and the takeaway again is they have self-deprecation jokes and they also have a better idea how to take a subject and find the funny in it in order to you know for future for future needs all right how about you Jeremy uh, our website's payscape.com p-a-y-s-c-a-p-e like landscape but payscape and I know you're on Twitter we tied in there yeah. And Facebook. Uh, at Wing2000. There are a lot of their wings out there, apparently. Oh. Yeah. At least 1,900. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> How about you, Kim Young? You want to share your, your website material yeah. again? Um, so I made it nice and complicated, but that's fine. There's a slash in there. We'll be all right. But Kim Young, K-I-M-Y-U-N-G, uh, K-I-M dot com slash entertainer. Um, and then also uh, at Kim Young Kim live on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, and Tinder, and uh, MySpace. Yeah. yeah, all of those. Yeah, yeah and you're also on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, Kim Young Kim. There's a uh, there's no O in there, just Y U N G. So okay. Now Thanks. is Kim your first name and your last name? Kim <sighs> My parents got real creative, so they were they they apparently thought I was going to become famous one day, and I needed a really <laughs> memorable name, and they were like, "Hey, let's just let's just give him one that sounds nice and redundant." So there it <laughs> Kim is, Young Kim. Kim Young Kim. People don't forget it. I've, I have people like I meet like. Hold on, you're Kim Young Kim. I'm like, yes, I am. Have you heard about me? The yes. Kim Young Kim <laughs> kisses yeah. him before he spits. He's got to choke up his phlegm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to battle off air because uh, <laughs> gloves are coming off, man. Yeah, Just like the roast massing. We got another 30 minutes or so before <laughs> mile, the Top Docs radio comes on. So we're going to throw down here in the studio. Fur is going to be flying. And yeah. words, too. Or nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, to all of my guests, Kim Young Kim and Marshall Childs and uh, Jeremy Wing, I appreciate you all taking some time. I know you guys are all real busy, and uh, so I appreciate you coming out to, to share some information. I think that it's great to have an option like this that, you know, it's off the beaten path that, that uh, as, as Jeremy attested to, you can get 150% growth if you just link up with your team building. That's exactly right. Con- con- not, exa- not exactly, but it's right. Uh, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, sales went up after uh, everybody started working well, together it, better. It wasn't until he called me humor. Elvis and an insurance salesman. And there's a lot of the things that we're going to have to talk about after that. Yeah, teddy bear insurance. Teddy bear insurance. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, selling insurance to teddy bears. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, to everybody out there uh, listening, we really appreciate you making us a part of your day. Make sure you make an appointment to catch up with the same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 